The following message is copyrighted by Westminster Theological Seminary. Duplication, distribution, or other use of all or any part of this message is not permitted without prior written consent. Please direct your inquiries to communications at wts.edu. For all other information, please visit the main website at www.wts.edu. I am persuaded, like probably all of you, that the cross of Christ changes absolutely everything. I, I know that from the scripture. I actually get to see it with my own eyes. As, so I have the privilege every day to, to know something of the details of people's lives and, and to see change that would have been unheard of in Old Testament times. I am persuaded that we have been now empowered by the Spirit to be truly human people. But um, I have been, been reminded recently in the Scripture that when it comes to temptation, I tend to set my sights just a little bit lower. I tend to settle for the merely human rather than the, the truly human. The Philadelphia Eagles, as far as I understand, have occasionally experimented with a defense that's called bend but don't break. Um, I have noticed recently, as I've been reading scripture, that tends to be my philosophy of ministry when it comes to temptation, that we're human beings. Okay? What can you expect? These things are going to come at us, and, and uh, we just try, to, just try to hold on. We bend, but, but try not to break. I would like to consider with you, I actually should be considering anxiety with you this morning. Jerry reminded me that we're getting uh, closer to final exams. But let me give you something that is not seasonal. Okay, Anxiety may be seasonal, temptation is not seasonal. So if you could, if you could try in the next 30 seconds or so to locate an area of temptation with which you struggle. Because they exist, they exist. I'm just asking you to locate one. Uh, the, certainly the most obvious would be sexual temptation. Okay? Uh, most of you, all of you, shouldn't have to go any farther than that. Uh, sexual temptation comes in various forms, but, uh, but that's most likely in this culture. When we talk about temptation, the one that we think of. If, uh, if you prefer, what are other temptations that are nipping at your conscience these days? if you could try to locate those and keep them in the front of your mind as we read this particular passage. By the way, as you realize, temptation is used differently in Scripture. There are temptations that are sometimes called testings that come at us. Uh, There are other ways Scripture talks about temptations where we entertain the thing that comes at us. Uh, Usually, temptation is a combination of both those things that come at us and then us choosing to, uh, to indulge uh, either, either actively or in our imaginations with those temptations that come at us. Now, before the cross, of course, we would think of ourselves as merely human in the face of temptation. What would be a rehab center before the cross? Okay. Um, it would be... It would be a group that commiserated with our sinful tempt- with our tendency to always give in to temptation. 
Could you imagine such a thing? Uh, here's, the, here's the story. Here is the story of temptation that would be our guiding story. God reveals himself as the all-powerful one over all the nations. He leads his people out into the wilderness, which uh, at first glance does not seem like a good thing because the sea and the wilderness are really, really nasty things. Okay? So, they, so they're taken out into this very, very nasty place. And they are given temptations, Deuteronomy 8.2. The Lord tests them so they can see something to humble them and to, to reveal something of their hearts. And what happens is they fail the water test. They fail the food test. And that's the end of the story. Okay? The, rest of the, the rest of the Old Testament is just a recapitulation of the wilderness story. Okay? Here's what you do with temptations. You give in to them. That's it. That, that is the drug and alcohol rehab of the Old Testament. You just try to do what you can to to minimize the damage on other people. The Old Testament gives us a story of temptation which certainly authorizes us to think that we are merely human. But Matthew comes along and, and he begins with a story of going down into Egypt. And you begin to get a sense that maybe something is going to change. Okay. And after a short stop at a baptism, with, which, which proclaims something of who Jesus is, a kind of formal announcement, what is the first thing that Matthew states? The first act uh, of, of the one who has just been revealed as the Son of God. What is the first act? He is led into the wilderness. And here's a passage, I know you, all of you know it. Let me read it to you. Just the first couple of verses of Matthew chapter 4. The nasty place, the sea in the wilderness. Here is where he goes. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, and you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, Quickly, Without even thinking, it seems, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here is his first official act after the announcement of who he truly was at his baptism. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful thing. By the way, uh, just, to, just to add some perspective on this, uh, if you are thinking of sexual temptation, and many of you, you should be right now, certainly that's, that's the first thing that I am thinking uh, as I consider this passage. Um, we think of sexual temptation as being just hugely, hugely powerful temptations. But, but wouldn't we all acknowledge that although sexual temptation can feel strong, food, hunger... Thirst and sleep, they trump sexual temptation. Okay. In other words, if you are hungry, uh, sexual satisfaction is not your highest priority. Okay. If you are dead tired, sexual satisfaction is, is not a strong temptation at this point. Put this in perspective. Uh, if, if Jesus is 40 days and 40 nights, the, the, the new deliverer, if he is if he is experiencing that kind of, in a sense, external temptation, it, it, 
It says there is no temptation that you are going to encounter that is greater than this particular temptation. So keep this in perspective. Here's here's the Messiah who goes out into the wilderness and and, uh, is tempted like we are in all things, yet without sin. So uh, keep that in perspective. We cannot say that uh, Jesus does not quite understand the gravity, the extreme nature of the temptations that we can experience. So what is he doing here? Well, he's learning obedience. He is the new Israel who's learning obedience through his temptation. Uh, he, is, he is the Messiah who is establishing his credentials as he goes out into the wilderness and, and changes the story. But indeed, to make it more personal, he is giving us a different story that changes absolutely everything. Where we have been thinking that we are merely human people in the midst of temptation, now we are told what it means to be truly human. Now there is hope in the midst of temptation. Now let me, let me just speak more personally. This is, you all know this, I realize. It's a, it's a very evident passage. Why, why am I such a Johnny-come-lately and and, and, and being re- revealed and exposed and rebuked by this now. Well, yeah, there's a saying in, in dealing with temptation. The, the best way to get rid of ten- temptation is to give in to it. Okay? And what have I noticed in the various temptations in my life? I've noticed that, that I will exert some sort of effort. Okay? But as soon as I feel it strongly, I, I realize I am merely human and I give in to it. Well, what am I... What am I seeing in this passage? I, my sights are set differently. It gives, me, it gives me great hope to encounter temptation and resist it even when it hurts. In other words, perhaps what this passage is saying is, is, is there, there's a time I will encounter temptation and it will hurt. It will feel like moving to the point of death if I resist. And Jesus is is beckoning us to follow him. He is is not only the new Israel who is giving us a new story, but he's also empowering us to walk this new story. And and so now what happens? I am anticipating that temptations will come. And I am anticipating that the way of the cross will be a battle with these temptations, even when it really, really hurts. I I don't know about you, but for me, I am not a person who enjoys pain. But, but somehow, when I know, when, when it's already been predicted, yes, you will have pain in this process, it may feel like you're going to die, but you are empowered in this process, and, and you will be able to do battle with temptation, and you'll be able to do it well with the Spirit of Jesus. The, the reason why this passage is, is something that I want to review again this morning is because it... I found that I am strangely enthused okay, at the opportunities to fight to the death. Okay? Rather than to here it is, I feel this little twinge of temptation and, and say, well, I might as well, you know, it's, it's, it's a, the battle is over, I might as well just try to minimize the damage. To, to have this grand hope, this, this, this goal, this design of being able to, to fight through the, the difficult pain of, of temptations. Well, come to the scripture. We come to Matthew. 
And what do we find on the heels of the temptation? We find the Lord's Prayer. Don't lead us to temptation. I don't want to be cavalier in the midst of temptation. Frankly, as I've meditated on this passage, there is a bit of me that used to say, all right, bring it on. Okay, Bring it on. Now that my sights are set higher, now that I know the spirit that I've been given, bring it on. And, and give me an opportunity to fight to the death. Well, the Lord's Prayer makes it real clear that that is a bit of silliness. Um, and the Lord's Prayer says that uh, temptation is serious and arduous, and the fight is hard. And so, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Okay? We remain vulnerable people. Lead us not into temptation. Okay? That, is, that is one of the ways that we pray. Yet that's not the only way that we pray. We also recognize that, that God, in his, in his wonderful providence in our lives, chooses now to take people to this nasty place called the wilderness. However, the wilderness has now been transformed to being a schooling place. Okay? It's, it no longer has the same threat. It's the place where God takes his people and schools them, gives them more of himself. And, and then you encounter this this incredibly bizarre passage in James chapter 1. If there is anything bizarre in the scripture, this passage is bizarre. Consider it pure joy when you go out into the wilderness. Consider it pure joy. The sea and the wilderness, these are the horrible places. Now consider it pure joy when you go out into the wilderness, when you are tested. Because it's your faith that's being tested, and this is part of a process of maturity in such a way that you will not lack any good thing. So, so there, there are two ways we pray. We don't, we don't say, give it, bring it on, bring it on. We, we, uh, we tremble knowing that, that we still wrestle with our own sins. We still are vulnerable to, uh, to not wrestling to the point of death with our sins. So we don't say, bring it on. We say, Lord, lead us not into temptation. But recognizing that God has taken his saints through all kinds of temptations, and we anticipate that he will take us through as well. He will not leave us without a way of escape, obviously, as 1 Corinthians says. Uh, Lord, empower us. Empower us to not be surprised by the pain that we might, we might feel okay, as we do battle. But remind us that this is the path that Christ has invited us on, is with us in, has granted us the spirit in the midst of this. Grant us, grant us a ruthlessness as we battle with the temptations of our own hearts. Grant us the privilege of being able to consider it pure joy. Thank you. Thank you for considering this passage with me this morning. Again, anxiety may be more relevant to you now, but over the long term, temptation. <laughs> the issues of temptation will be much more relevant to you. So let me pray these prayers for us all. Lord, I, I confess to you that I initially feel a certain, initially feel a certain surge of boldness when I when I see that everything has been changed by the cross and the resurrection and the giving of your spirit. Uh, but, uh, but thank you for bringing sanity. Lord, we, we, we beseech that you would not lead us into temptation because we are, 
we are people who still prefer, oftentimes, to deal with temptation by way of giving into it. Lord, I, I pray. I pray for us that we are all vulnerable people. Would you not lead us to temptation? Yet at the same time, Lord, would you, would you grant us a different picture of the wilderness? So when we're there, we recognize that you are there. You have been there before us. And, and would you grant us, would you grant us the spirit that is willing to fight to the very death against temptations? Would you, would you set the bar, bar higher for us? Would you allow us to grow to, people, to be people who are truly human so we can taste what it means to be mature and complete in Jesus Christ and not lacking anything? Would you, would you do these things for the sake of your church, for the sake of yourself? In the name of Christ, amen.